Can we ever thank God enough for everything He's done for us and all that He will do? And as we identify and think about what He's done, what, what, an, amazing, what an amazing thing to think about the greatness of God. It is uh, so wonderful to see you all here tonight, uh, again here to worship our true God. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Dear God, we thank you so very much. And for the majesty of your name, Lord God, that your name is powerful. We know that. We recognize that. It is so powerful, Lord God, that only you have it. It's too wonderful for us to comprehend, to understand. Thank you, Lord God, for knowing us, for giving us an opportunity to be called your children, to be your children. And to know, Lord God, that through your grace and by your mercy, that you will allow us in that day to enter into your heavenly kingdom by your through your kindness and because of your greatness. Help us to stay faithful and true to you. Help us, Lord God, always to look to you in heaven and not to look around at the world and think about its blessings or its benefits, but rather to think about the true blessings that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. For those are the only true blessings that last forever. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to worship you. Please guide us into all truth. And be with us. In Jesus' holy name we pray and thank thee. If it be thy will. Amen. Matthew, please. Chapter 25. Demonology. What does Satan not want right now? He doesn't want us here worshiping God. Satan wants us out living a life of debauchery, evil, wickedness. He does not want you here. Tonight, he did not want you here this morning. He does not want us to read our Bibles. He does not want us to serve God. And so, Satan has uh, made, I guess, humor. We have horror movies that we love. And he makes them more like, ah, you know what, it's not as bad as it, you know, the movie I saw when I was growing up was really scary because I was a kid, maybe, and Maybe it's not, evil's not as evil as it used to be. In other words, Satan is not as bad as it used to be. Right? You know, when I grew up, he was really bad, right? It was scary. Those movies were scary. But now it's not so bad. So the, the, the deception, the trick, is to get us to forget about Satan and to really believe in our hearts that maybe, maybe demons do not exist. Maybe Satan is not real, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I want to show you something in Matthew chapter 25 in verse 41. Then he will say also to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So just as real as hell is and Satan is, so are his demons. And God prepared a place specifically For them. Colossians chapter 1, please. What we do not want is we do not want to find ourselves sharing in that location. And I'm sad to say that so many in the world have followed Satan. I at one time followed Satan. And each one of you, if you're honest, you did too. Before you became Christians, you followed Satan. Before you made that decision to turn your life around to God, you followed Satan. Every one of us. That was Satan's trick. Satan's goal is to ensure that we are separated from Christ. To ensure that we are separated from our God. So, Satan's 
and his angels were created together along with creation itself. Verse 13, for he delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, with the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. So all the rulers in verse 16 and authority, Satan has been created and his angels were all created together in the creation week. Psalm 148. Psalm 148. I want to first start with things that you already know and then let's move on from there. Psalm 148. The verse I would like to begin is at verse 1 and we'll read down through verse 6. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, highest heavens and the waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which will not pass Away. So God, someone asked the question, you know, why did God, Genesis chapter 1, please, why did God create Satan and evil and, and, and the demons knowing they would torment us? People love to ask those kinds of questions about God. But see, when God created everything, in verse 31, Genesis chapter 1, what did God say about everything he created? And God saw all that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Here's a description. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Here's a description of what things were like before Satan's evil in the Garden of Eden with humanity. It was very good. Everything worked perfectly. We don't even read about, and I know I'm speculating, but we don't even read about Adam and Eve or Eve catching a cold. Right? We just know it was a tropical land. It was a beautiful place. It had good gold there, water flowing through abundantly. I mean, everything was very good. Until what? Until the evil that entered into the world, entered into the minds of Adam and Eve. And then everything turned horrible. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15 God gave, even to the angels, the angelic realm, a freedom of will. The will to do as they desired. In verse 15, And might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For surely he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. So we know that God, not helping the angels, they don't have to live by faith, do they? Angels don't live by faith. We live by faith. We have not seen God. Angels were in the presence of God. So there's no reason to give them help. In other words, if you could see the great majesty of God, you'd have no problem serving him. Oh, but the angels, these evil angels, for some reason, 
decided to defy God and they no longer wanted to hold their place, if you will, in creation. Hebrews chapter 1. They decided that they wanted to fight against God for whatever reason. Maybe they, the Bible says they didn't keep their proper abode. They didn't want to do it anymore. They didn't want to do what God wanted them to do. Here's one of the jobs of angels. Verse 13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemy a footstool for thy feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Maybe the problem was, as we turn to Revelation chapter 12, please, the evil angels and Satan no longer wanted to serve humans. They didn't want to do it anymore. You know, why are we serving those people? Because God commanded, but that was the reason that God created them. Well, one of the reasons was, for that very reason itself, to serve us. Revelation 12 and verse 7, and so sin entered into the world. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, and the dragon with his angels waging war. And they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old who was called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And you know what this world is now? It's a mess. And if we can see, turn to Jude please, if we could just see the mess that Satan brings into our lives, if we really could see it, I know we can. I mean, we usually can see it in everyone else's life, but can you see the mess in your own life, that Satan has brought, the havoc that he's presented to us, the demons and their work. Jude verse 6, uh, and angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. How scary does that sound to you? Second Peter, please, chapter, chapter 2. They didn't keep their own domain. They, they seeing God, still felt like for some reason that they could actually defeat God. So here, if you will, you know, I know we go in, we go into the, you know, the idea of Lucifer. And if you read the Bible, that's not Satan's name. But, but anyway, we'll get there when we deal with Satan one day. But this understanding that here you have this, this evil angel who says, I don't like God. In fact, I hate him. And not only do I hate God, I hate all of his subjects. I hate all of his people. And they went to war with each other. And yet Satan, not wise enough to understand that angels, they can't die, goes to war. Well, how do you win the war? I mean, think about that, right? Hadn't thought that one through, had he? He was defeated by God and immediately... His goal was to destroy humanity, and he went after Adam and Eve, later on pre-flood, after Job, and all the people, and he turned this world that was very good into a mess. Verse 6, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For by, if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world. And it goes on to talk about God not sparing. What would make us think 
that God is going to spare us. See, I want, you got to get that, right? Because Satan does not want us to fear God. Satan wants us to believe that all this is, is not real. In Luke 10 and verse 18, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He wants us to think none of this is real, so don't worry about it. Okay, enough on Satan and his angels and where they are at this point. So their influence reaches up to us. Acts chapter 19. The influence reaches up to us with their demons. The demons are very active. I guess the question is, are demons real? course they are. are are demons still working we'll be going over some of those things we continue on this uh this thought are demons still working today yes they are is satan still working today yes he is is god still working today yeah is good angels yeah in other words everything that was working is still working today whether it be for good or for evil now Acts 19 and verse 11. Let's look at the seven sons of Sceva just for a moment. And God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists whom were, went, with the, uh, place, went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the spirits had the evil spirit's name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirits answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? I want to come back to that. And the man whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. I know Jesus. I recognize Paul. But who are you? So my question to you this evening, I want you to think about. Who are you? I recognize Jesus, said the demons. Let's turn to James 2, please. I recognize Paul, but who are you? How are you, how are we going to be able to stand up against the forces of evil without God? You cannot. So the question, who are you, Tony, humbles me to say, I do not possess the power, the energy, nor the strength to defeat demonology, Satan, and his angels. I cannot do it. I need Jesus. And without Jesus, I lose. But Satan has somehow, through his demons, convinced us that maybe we don't need Jesus as much as we thought we did. Right? The idea is to get you out there on your own, right? Remember Job. Remember you look at Job and you read through the scriptures. And, and what was it about Job? You know, the Bible tells us, you know, Job is pre-flood. And the question, the conversation goes on. You know, if you consider my servant Job, what was Satan's answer? 
I can't get to him. Why? You've got a hedge of protection around him. And what Satan wants to do is deceive us, God's children, enough to get us to step outside of God's protection. To walk away from God and think, <laughs> I can do this all by myself. James 2.19. Satan's true understanding of God. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe, and look at this word, they shudder, they tremble, they fear God. Now. It was a time they did not. For just that moment, they thought, They could win this war and Satan and his angels had a huddle and they got together and they made a plan and they decided they were going to defeat God, but they they could not. And now they're in this place of torment and they're burning forever and will continue to do so. And they believe in God and they fear God and they tremble at God. And when they came back in in the days of the miraculous and, um, um, you know, infested man's soul, they feared Jesus. They feared Jesus with trembling fear. And they would say, oh, son of God, what are we to do with you? And I can imagine the trembling fear in their voices when Jesus appeared. Brethren, why don't we fear God like that? Why don't we have that love for God that says we win with God? We have no reason to be afraid. Remember in the Exodus chapter 19 and 20 when God appeared in the mountains with trembling and shaking and they said, don't let God talk to us. Moses, you talk to us. They were afraid. Brethren, this is real. So here's what Satan does. And we're going to talk about Satan uh, at at another point, but... We're not unaware of his schemes. So, so what he does is he, he has all these little pretty packages and, uh, and they look good and everything, but they, they just have different names and different faces. So over, over history, if you go back and you research and you're not going to hear, you're not going to like this stuff because it touches home. That's why. Over history, when you go back to the very beginning of time and, and shortly thereafter, you'll find that these evil idol gods that were created by man, the assistance of demonology, etc. They still exist today. They just have different names and different faces. But they still exist today. And they work a little differently, but in reality, they work in the exact same way. They work in the hearts, in the minds of humanity. And what's scary is, the difference is, today, we invite him in. You know, during the days of the miraculous, Satan could overpower your body. The demons could overpower your body, could just end up inside of you, whether you were innocent or not. And, but those were the days of the miraculous, and they were cast out. But now we just simply invite Satan. Come on in, Satan. Come on in, demons. We love you, right? We don't say it like that, but we love our, what's that three-letter word? Yeah. We love our sin. Where do you think sin comes from? Right? Okay. Now, let, let me give you some, some information just as we breeze through this for just a moment. The occult. I would never recommend um, for any child of God to study the occult. Because it's, it's really, really, really bad. And you begin to study it. And, and you, you have to understand that there's never a time when you, and we agree with this, that you watch something that doesn't affect you in some way. Or you read about something that doesn't affect you in some way. 
you start studying this, the, the darkness, the black darkness, etc., it affects you. So I would never recommend we study the occult. You don't have to study the occult. It's just like um, folks who are working at banks. They don't study all counterfeit money, right? They just study the, the right stuff, right? The original. And then you can, kind of, you can identify what's evil. Right, I want you to think about something for just a moment. Are people today still attempting to communicate with the dead? Yeah. Why? Because of evil. Satan, his demons, they work. Satan is not, by the way, omnipresent, right? That's why he has demons. Right? God is omnipresent. God doesn't need the angelic realm to help him, but he's God. He's designed it that way. Satan has mimicked that in some way. And so Satan is not omnipresent. And someone once told me I was in a foreign country, and they said the reason we don't, we don't echo our sins or weaknesses out loud is because Satan will hear us. So, well, I don't think it works that way, but um, the occult. We say, oh, that's over, that's over there. No, brethren, that's right here, right? Talking to, to the dead, supposedly. Folks are still going to talk to the dead. What about, what about astrology? How about that? The idea that this astrology, what do, we, what do we see? I'm not sure if it's every day. I think it's every day. It is every day in the paper. Is it not every day in the paper? Your horoscopes, right? Start reading it and go, oh boy, what's my day, what's my day gonna be like? Right? Folks, live by that. Right? Why is it in the paper? Because it sells. Right? People live by that. There's still stargazers out there. Still soothsayers out there. There are witches to this day still in existence and around us. Prognosticators. And then the cool stuff. Wizards. Right? It's in the movie there. It's in our books. Read it. We love it. You know who that is, right? We're just not going to talk about it. Look, Satan is real. Sorcery is real. The demons are real. It's not just about witchcraft and magic arts. You know, it's not just about the illusions that we see out there. It doesn't, Satan doesn't work in the exact same way. Remember the Bible says we're not unaware of Satan's scheme. So we have to ensure that we understand Satan. And the way you understand Satan is understand God. If you learn, if we learn truly and deeply, if we learn about God, you will understand Satan. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Here's what Satan wants. He wants your soul. He wants my soul too. He wants our souls. He wants to destroy, chapter 11 rather. He wants to destroy us. And he works, right? These demons, they are at work. And they are at work. They are at work. They are at work. And we're going to look at how they work in some some sense. And we'll look at more of this as we go on. Verse 3. But I'm afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your mind should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Look, simple is always good. Thank God for that, right? So here's what Satan is the master of, deception, right? So when you feel in your heart that you need to deceive someone, remember who that is. Remember what that represents, right? I'm working with the devil. I'm working with the demon. I'm going to deceive someone. I'm going to trick someone. The the moment that we think that we're the master and we're in control, watch out because there Satan is. 
There he is trying to deceive us. Like, just like Eve, she looked at the tree and she thought to herself, you know, I wonder if God was right. The minute you start questioning God, know who that is. It's the demons in you. Right? We don't want to admit that, but that's what it is. It's in our minds. It's the evil that's inside of our hearts and inside of our minds. Why was it so easy to tempt Eve? Because of Eve. That's why. Right? I mean, let me just say it the proper way. Because she's a human. Because we know what we want. We know what we like. And God says, I'm going to give you control. But I want you to choose to do the right thing. And then we say, hold on, God, for just a moment. I think I can do this. And then the demons say, hey, I think you can too. They want our souls. They want our souls. Listen to what he does. Verse 13. For such men, these are the evil apostles. Such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. You ever been deceived by someone before? You ever have before? So what are you looking at? God will never deceive you. God will always be honest and truthful with you. God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. You ever been deceived by someone? You're looking at them. You're staring in the face of evil. And you're going, that's what demonology looks like. We don't need, you don't need someone to be demon possessed over there, tearing down walls. See, that's obvious. Satan learned that. See, Satan learns. He learned that. That's too obvious. People would avoid that guy and go, that guy is evil. He's evil. Stay away from him. Oh, no. So instead he comes in what way? Well, let's keep reading. It goes in verse 14 to say, And no wonder for even Satan disguised himself as... Oh, he looks like us. He looks just like us. He comes to worship. Who gave him a ride tonight? I mean, a lot of demons out there. Maybe I gave them a ride tonight. Maybe. I don't know. I always thought, like, I used to think that the way you could tell when someone gave the devil a ride to church, you say, when the husband and wife come in, they've been fighting that morning. They gave him a ride, right? No, that's not always true because he disguised himself as an angel of light. He's just a, he's just like us. And that's why it says in verse 15, uh, Therefore it's not surprising if his servants disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their deeds. And so that word servant, the idea of that servant is his, his ministers. In other words, they have a ministry. So they're in the pulpit, right? They're, they're, they're intermingled amongst us. Demons are everywhere. The world of demonology is not, you don't look for a form. We look for a form, right? And that's where the mistake is. Uh, James chapter 3, please. There is no form. Say, angels do not have flesh and bone. Spirit does not have flesh and bone. There isn't going to be a form. There will be a mindset, though. Right? There will be a mindset. Demonology works with the mind. I was told once, I don't know how true this is, but I was told by um, some folks who believed in black magic. They, They explained it to me. I was sitting there and I was I was trying to have a Bible study with them and uh, and so they were explaining black magic so I realized okay they believe in voodoo and all those things that was in America by the way I wasn't in Africa <laughs> I was in America and um and and so I they'd say well you know this is if this if you did this and this and this and they were explaining black magic and I was listening to it and I was going well that's who'd believe that I mean why would I why would I believe that I mean that doesn't even make any sense 
And then they said, well, you have to believe in it and then it works. It's like, wait a minute. You're going to tell me if, I, like, they, you know, something they told me to sprinkle something, I forget what it is, over your doorpost. If someone comes in your home with evil intentions, you'll know. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, if you believe in black magic, it does work. And let me tell you what happens to the person that comes into your home to do evil. They said they come into your home to do evil, and you sprinkle the ashes, whatever ashes they are, I don't remember, over your doorpost. Then when they're ready to leave, they won't be able to find the door. And I said, and that sounds ridiculous to me. But you know what? I'm not here to insult your belief system. He says, no, 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 no. It really works. You have to believe it for it to work. I was studying with a Muslim and, I, and studying with him. And, and I, was, I, I went, walked into his door and, and I didn't walk in backwards. Now, this is going to sound silly, but I'm telling you, this is what happened. I was going to the Bible study. I walked into his door. I did not walk backwards. Now, you know, we have the water, five-gallon water bucket, you know, uh, colanders, and we get our water from there. And sometimes air, you know, is interjected, and so you hear a gurgling sound, right, bubbles. So as I walked through the door, he heard that sound and stopped me, literally stopped me at the door. And he said to me, you've just let evil spirits in. And I said, well, all right. Well, why did I let them in? And he said, well, because you didn't walk into my door backwards. If you keep your eye on the evil spirits, they won't follow you. I said, this is going to be an interesting Bible study. We were sitting down, we were studying, and and it happened again. He said, they're back. I said, actually, they never left. (laughs) He's tricky, right? And so to watch the fear... In this, this, this gentleman's, you know, heart over these evil spirits, I thought, why is he so afraid? He said, don't be afraid of evil spirits. Be afraid of God. We need to learn about God. I'm going to tell you who to fear. Fear Jesus, right? I talk to the little kids and I say, don't worry about Mufasa, you know, from the Lion King. No, you fear the name of Jesus, right? That's the powerful name. Look at um, Matthew chapter 13. I want to close in, in Matthew. No, I'm going to close in Timothy, actually. But uh, Matthew chapter 13. I want to show you something that's, that's pretty, pretty scary. But in our lives, literally, to this day, Jesus is talking. He's telling a parable. And the parable is about the tares. And it's in verse 24. And, you know, let's not, let's not wash this down. Let's let, let's let Jesus speak uh, on, this, on this topic. Verse uh, 24. He presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares also among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. And the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the slave said to them, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you are gathering up the tares, you may root up the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather up the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. The tares. Now, I want you to listen to verse 24 and verse 25 of of this, Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares also among the wheat and went away. Hmm. 
So they were puzzled at this. They were saying, you know, what does this mean? So Jesus, like the other parables, they asked the question, tell us what this really means. Now I want you to get what it means. Verse 36. Then he left the multitudes and went into the house, and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said, the one who sows the good seed is God, the Son of Man. And the field is the whole, is the world rather. And as the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sold them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun and the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears, let him hear. You know what's sad? Satan is teaching baptism too. It's the wrong baptism. But Satan is teaching even the true baptism. And you know what's sad? And then we all intermingle together. And demons are in our midst. Every worship service. Mind of demonology. Because Jesus says, they're going to be with you until the end of the age. And then he will gather them up. And here's what they do. Listen to verse 41. The Son of Man will send forth his angels... And they will gather out of his kingdom. That's the church. All stumbling blocks. You ever known any brethren to be a stumbling block in your life? I'm not saying necessarily that when you think about this, you know, we look at Matthew chapter 13. You've got to put the whole 13 with it about people growing up in Christ. We grow in Christ. Pray God, folks, will grow out of this. Well, there are some folks that just aim to make it hard to serve Christ in the Lord's church. You can say amen to that. There are some folks who just want to bother you. Right? They just want to stir up the pot and cause all kinds of trouble. And brother, let me tell you something. That is not coming from God. It's demonology. Right? Oh, well, he doesn't have a demon in him. Oh, but he's acting. He has, if you will, in his mind. The active force of demonology in his heart because it's all about confusion deception wickedness and evil we don't like to hear this but I'm telling you I gotta tell you the truth stumbling blocks it goes on to say and those who commit lawlessness it's all about sin so so here's what here's what we're going to eventually get to we can allow Satan in and what I'm encouraging you, and the scriptures encourage us to do, is to 
keep Satan out. Right? Don't allow Satan to come in because of maybe my pride. Maybe my pride gets a hold of me. Don't allow Satan in. Keep Satan out. I want to go back to James for just a moment. And um, I, I, this is a scripture I left, for, I left out. I'm going to come right back to it. Because I wanted to, I wanted to get this. I want you to see how, how these demons are working in our lives. And this is verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, we're talking about demonology, right? If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. So let's not look for little demons running around. Let's understand the psychology of demonology, something that the attitude of sin that's inside of us. Satan wants our souls and the demons too. Okay, now we close in Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And it comes down to our religious thoughts, our beliefs, our understanding. And it's easy to say, oh, look at them. But brother, remember, Jesus says that the demons, the demon mindset The evil, it is inside of the kingdom. And God will gather it out. And God is telling us, get rid of the sin in your life. That's what true demonology is. Verse 1. The Holy Spirit. But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter time, that's our days, right? In the latter time, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Some will fall away. Some will fall away from the faith. There's only one faith, right? It's about the church. What's going to happen, Lord? Why are some going to fall away from the church? Because they're going to pay attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of what? Demons. Oh, it's very real today. It's, it's not that, you know, it's not the picture, you know, it's not the evil man over there tearing down walls and breaking chains. And Satan realized that didn't work. And what does work is the deception and the deceitfulness through these people who appear as angels of light who come to us with false teachings and tell us, you're okay, I'm okay. They give us these false teachings that, that declare to us that, that well, you know, um, uh, God loves you no matter what. I mean, God does love us. You know, there's no question about it, but you got to turn your life around. He has expectations, amen? Listen. By means of hypocrisy, verse 2, liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. Don't you realize that that's so real to this day? There are still religious organizations today who forbid marriage for certain individuals, Right? I'm talking about like the priests and the popes and all that, right? I mean, it's easy to pick on them, but it's true. And then those who have, who have said, you've got to abstain from certain foods. I just had a Bible study on, I don't know, it was Saturday last week with someone about, oh, yeah, can you help me with this? Abstaining from foods. So I gave him some scriptures to show him Jesus declared all foods clean. And then this scripture right here, I haven't heard back from him on this one yet. Verse 4, for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received 
with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Brethren, wow. Is demonology real? It's a lot more, if you will, effective. It's very real in our lives. And whether we believe it or not, it's alive. And in the end, they will go away along with Satan. We have to watch out for it, for demonology that may possess our minds. So tonight, I pray God that we have the spirit and the attitude of of love and reflecting on our relationship with Jesus and trying to encourage and lift up and not tear down, right? If that spirit is existing in me, or, you know, I'm going to go home and finish fighting with my wife, stop, just let it end tonight. You know, if, if you've got an issue with your family or someone, if you, today if you're harboring in your heart the lack of forgiveness, just let it, let it go today. Let it go. That's demonology. Jesus commanded you've got to forgive. Let it, just let it go. But brother, let go, forget but, let it go. It's not worth your soul, right? It's not worth your soul. Let it go. Whatever whatever's keeping you personally out of heaven today, whatever it is, whatever's struggling in your, whatever you're struggling with, whatever is troubling you today, whatever's causing you to step back and doubt God, whatever is going on in your life that is keeping you away from God, let it go today. Let it go. It's not going to release you. You have to let it go. Tonight, if you are not a Christian and you are just, you're on the fence, get off the fence. Come to Jesus, right? Come to Jesus tonight. Surrender to him in the waters of baptism. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you're struggling, your faith, that we can pray with you or pray for you, just, just if you will close your eyes and forget that there's an audience here and only let God be your, your audience. And surrender your life to him. If we can help in any way, please come. While together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come? When he comes in glory by and by, what a song of praise will be outpoured. When he comes in glory by and by, how sweet.